Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You are listening to a podcast of the Community Connection radio show featuring JC, produced by the Get Global Network. You can hear live and original versions of the show Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on SoMetro Talk and SoMetro Radio, two of the original member stations of the Get Global Network. Hey, it's Kay Rose, and you are listening to the Community Connection Radio Show featuring JC here on the Get Global Network. I am the general manager of the Get Global Network and program director for So Metro Radio, So Metro Talk, Soul Divas Radio, Yes Sir FM, Divas on 24, and a few other internet radio stations. Also the producer of the Ask Avani Show, Whole Mind, Body, and Soul, Midweek Mashup with Mocha Soulfly, the Ask Avani Show, uh, as I mentioned, Whole Mind, Body, and, show, and Soul uh, featuring... Lawrence Couty, and I am also, uh, we produce the Capsicum Show, hosted by Roger Meltzer. Get Global Network has quite a bit going on. We have uh, a lot of people connected with us. We've got a great group of personalities. We've got a, a magnificent group of stations, and on Tuesdays, here on the Midweek or the um, <clears throat> so Metro midday on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You get to hear myself and other personalities on the Get Global Network giving you information, community information, national news, uh, local news. We give you information on. Um, entrepreneurs around the uh, the Dallas area and we're actually expanding that to where we're going to be doing our entrepreneurs in the neighborhood in different cities around the country I'm excited to announce and um, so with today's show we're going to actually interview a another entrepreneur in the neighborhood uh, and her um, she is the um, person who is the CEO and um, principal of Advanced Preparatory International, and that's Keisha Shaver. She has a doctorate in education, and she has a vast amount of experience in education. She has worked in elementary school. She's been in administration. She's been an instructor. She has now been in, in administration for several years, and they have a great private school in the Oak Cliff area of Dallas, that is called Advanced Preparatory International. And so when you uh, listen to the interview with Lakeisha Shaver, you're going to be wild, first of all, because of all of the experience she has. You're going to really, I hope, want to 
take advantage of the opportunities that she has at her private school by having your high schooler be part of their program. And so you're going to hear the uh, interview with Lakeisha, well, with Lakeisha, man, I can't talk today, with uh, Lakeisha Shaver here in the Entrepreneurs in the Neighborhood segment of today's show. And that's going to be, it's going to run from probably in our 12 o'clock hour, because we've got a lot to talk about uh, here locally in Dallas-Fort Worth that we want to um, enlighten you on and educate you on as far as some things that are happening with regard to Dallas and the schools and the school bus controversy that we had. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to dig in. Uh, talking about the things happening in the Dallas-Fort Worth area here on the Community Connection radio show featuring JC here on the Get Global Network, So Metro Midday Block. You are listening to the podcast of the Community Connection with JC on the Get Global Network. It is K Rose again, program director of So Metro Radio, So Metro Talk, and other stations on the Get Global Network. And you are listening to the Community Connection Radio Show featuring JCCCRS. Again, it's today. Uh, it's today. <laughs> a little loopy today. Tired uh, from doing quite a bit over the last few days, trying to get some things uh, back to normal. Uh, here. Uh, Some of the show that you're going to hear today is actually tape delayed uh, because we've got so much going on today. It is just uh, crazy. Uh, But this particular version of the show is live. Uh, We come to you live uh, Tuesday through Thursday of each week during the So Metro Midday Block. We are going to get back to normal starting this week uh, with the first shows in uh, Black History Month. Uh, Actually, uh, last week we did do a CCRS Thursday edition, uh, but we are going to start this week uh, with a uh, lot more content. We will have a midweek mashup with Mocha Soulfly Special Edition tomorrow, and we'll be back here on Thursday with the CCRS Thursday edition with more of a national slant. But for today, as I mentioned to you before, our Entrepreneur in the Neighborhood interview is going to air in the 12 o'clock hour, and that is going to be an interview with the principal of Advanced Preparatory International, Lakeisha Shaver. She has a doctorate in education, and the interview that we conducted with her last week is, is very informative. You're going to learn about her. You'll learn about uh, some of the processes that go into developing a private school, which is what she currently runs, but she also is going to uh, give you and you will hear information on public schools and some of the uh, interaction that she had with the public school arena from Oklahoma into the Dallas area. So again, uh, stay tuned at 12 p.m. We're going to run the full interview with Lakeisha. Lakeisha. 
Shaver, the principal of Advanced Preparatory International, a private school here in Oak Cliff, Texas. Uh, but today let's get to some of the uh, more important issues surrounding us here in Dallas. Uh, one thing I can say is that I know that this coming election is going to be a, an election where there will be more engagement from African American, Latino, Asian, and other ethnic groups. There's going to be more engagement from all realms of ethnic groups and all ethnic groups in this city, bigger and better than what I've probably ever seen since I've been here over 30 years in the Dallas area. I have already been contacted personally at my home two times by people that are out in the neighborhood knocking on doors. I actually had a gentleman that came through on uh, last uh, Sunday, actually, Sunday afternoon, knocking on the door, passing out information with respect to those people that are running for district attorney. So I was very happy to see that. I'd, I'm happy because we are starting our push to look for a candidate. We can throw all our weight behind to make sure that we have a district attorney that is actually going to be part of the infrastructure of this city that is going to help with respect to police brutality. A district attorney that won't be afraid to have police officers uh, indicted if they have done something wrong, a district attorney that will be for the people, a district attorney that will serve all of us, not just those property owners and real estate concerns. We need a district attorney that is going to take the reins and not be afraid to support those people that are out working to make sure that police brutality is eradicated in this city. Groups like Mothers Against Police Brutality that I'm, I'm proud to have been part of several of their events as far as helping them to broadcast and to air the events on internet radio and we also have them available in podcast. The, I'm proud to be a person that is interacting with that organization because we need organizations like Mothers Against Police Brutality so that we can have true change when it comes to how police interact with all of us. Policemen should not interact differently on one side of town than they do on the other. Policemen should not treat a person who is of uh, one particular skin color different from the way they're going to treat another person. So we are actively working to make sure that we work to get a district attorney elected that is going to be good for all of us, that is going to be good for a push to eradicate police brutality in this city. I hope that this time the city of Dallas can be a leader in this work. Dallas has been a follower with regard to civil rights, with regards to music, with regard to policing, with regard to several things. And this is a moment that the city of Dallas can step forward 
and actually lead other cities around the nation by electing a district attorney that is not afraid to arrest and indict and convict any police officer that kills a person unjustly. And, and like I mentioned, we are going to start a real big push to make sure that we're part of the process to elect the correct person to be the district attorney here in the city of Dallas. As we go forward, uh, I'd like to mention something else that's happening today. Um, Many of you who are in the Dallas Fort Worth area and in Dallas proper and Dallas suburbs, you are aware of a problem that we have had with a organization that is responsible for transporting children all the way up through high school on buses. It's an organization that is called the Dallas County Schools. We did a report on this a few weeks ago, and uh, it was before the last election that we had. Actually, I think it must have been last year now that I think about it. But um, to make a long story short, the Dallas County Schools organization is an organization that provided bus service, the big yellow buses uh, and smaller buses. They have some uh, smaller blue buses. I remember they transport children to school, away from school, to events that are related to school. That is what the Dallas County uh, School Organization is there or was there for because it is being disbanded. That organization. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Organization also maintained the crossing guards around the city of Dallas and some of the other suburbs. I believe DeSoto and Mesquite also had their crossing guards that I don't even think many of us think about crossing guards until we notice that they aren't there. But I basically can remember crossing guards all the way from the first day I went to to school. You know, my first interaction with a crossing guard was when I was a in kindergarten. First day of school, going to school back in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm just so excited to be part of a organized school structure outside of a religious setting. I get ready to cross the street to go to Burroughs Elementary on Cincinnati. Those of you who are from um, if from Tulsa, Oklahoma are listening to this are familiar with that. Well, Burroughs Elementary is um, on the north side of town. And as I was going to school my very first day, I remember 
crossing the street, but not in the crosswalk. I was so excited to get to the school. I was just making a beeline to get to the area where the door was. And so I knew I had to wait for traffic, of course. And I was there with probably either my mother or my sister. I can't remember exactly who was taking me to school for the first time. But I dart off when the crossing guard says that I can go. I dart off and I'm not in the crosswalk. I'm darting behind the crossing guard as he's standing there with the sign. I take off and I'm running across the street behind him. Nowhere in the crosswalk. I'm just heading to the front door of the school. And I remember him stopping me and telling me basically in summary, summarizing it, you know, young man, you've got to abide by the rules. And the rules say you walk right here in this area where these white lines are. And so that was my first interaction ever with the crossing guard. And crossing guards are an important part of the safety of our children. Crossing guards around the country provide one of the biggest interactions and the biggest services to protect our children just on a very basic level to make sure that people are not speeding through school zones. They are providing safe passage for our children to cross the street to get to the school so that they can get a good education. I have interacted with several crossing guards in my life through my own uh, going to school. Also with my sons, especially we interacted with them. We would talk to them, we'd engage with them. We get to know the crossing guards. Well, the Dallas County schools organization was disbanded because they had issues, which there's a lot of malfeasance that goes on when it comes to large sums of money being distributed from public organizations, non-profit organizations. And the Dallas County schools basically mismanaged millions of dollars. This is something you can go and check out on the Internet, on Google. You can Google it. They mismanaged millions of dollars through a program to provide cameras on buses so that the traffic when a bus would stop would be recorded and I'm just breaking it down to the basic form there was a company that was accused of bribery there was a company that was providing these cameras who interacted with people through that organization the Dallas County Schools there was a big mess over it there was a lot of litigation and there was a vote to decide if the school systems, the citizens of the city of Dallas and other school systems in the Dallas suburb area, little small, not small, but small cities or smaller cities like Mesquite and Garland and DeSoto, Lancaster, Grand Prairie, the city of Dallas or excuse me, the Dallas County Schools provided that support. They provided the buses, and so they got in financial issues. They had issues with that company that did the cameras. All this mess, rigmarole, and you know how it is when you get bureaucracy. I cannot talk to the bureaucracy involved. When we've got those layers of people who are, are taking money, we have people who are 
doing things not for the good of the whole. They're doing things for their own purposes. They're taking money to have things <clears throat> go through a certain company as opposed to taking the best bids and those type of things. Well, when the election happened, <clears throat> and I can say I voted to keep the Dallas County School Organization because they had cleaned up the problem. They had moved forward, and I, as well as other people that thought like I did and like I do, felt that they would be able to provide the service. And for the city of Dallas, it's not going to be as big a problem because we will be able to put together a system so that we can get buses and hire buses and get other or a private company or whatever is going to happen. We can get the city of Dallas taken care of, but the other suburbs will have to either band with the city of Dallas to go and do a contract with somebody else, or they're going to have to get their own contracts with some other people to provide bus systems. All this stuff just creates a, a large issue, but it's something that's manageable. It's something that we've got to do because we've got to do it to make sure our children are transported back and forth uh, safely. So the election happened. Dallas County Schools organization was disbanded. But part of that election, we also found that the crossing guards were part of the funding for Dallas County Schools, the organization. So when Dallas County Schools was earmarked to be, well, when the voters decided that they did not want the Dallas County Schools organization to continue, that also meant that those crossing guards would not be organized. We wouldn't have a system or a organization that handled the crossing guards around the area. And so that again created a problem the other school districts along with the Dallas Independent School District have been working to to find a solution <clears throat> and uh, as of today we are finding that the Dallas County commissioners who actually run the county of Dallas that includes many of these cities that I'm talking about including the city of Dallas the Dallas County commissioners are basically entertaining uh, conversations and they are now in a meeting uh, with a few of the mayors in the area, like Dallas mayor, Mike Rollins, uh, the mayor uh, from Mesquite. uh, And they are there at the meeting along with the like school officials from Mesquite and DeSoto. They're there at the Dallas County commissioners meeting today. And they're speaking in favor of a dollar and 50 cents vehicle registration fee per vehicle in the County to fund school crossing guards. Okay. And again, we've got this company that's this country rather that at times don't doesn't, want to be taxed. There are many times is there's people that complain about having any higher taxes or assigning any further taxes to do anything or to pay for anything. And so today 
the cities in the Dallas County area, mayors, school officials, etc., they are meeting or they are at the Dallas County Commissioners meeting and they basically are trying to convince those commissioners to add this $1.50 vehicle registration fee to all the vehicles when they register in the county of Dallas. And it's not necessarily something that's just going to float through the commissioner's meeting. I don't think that all the commissioners are just going to basically do make this a unanimous vote. It seems to be going on now. It's been going on for, I guess, the last hour. We have commissioners like uh, Mike Cantrell, who is one of the county commissioners for the city of Dallas. He basically is asking, uh, as reported by uh, Ken Kaltoff from NBC, uh, NBC's affiliate here in Dallas. He's asking, why can't the city of Dallas find that $1.5 million in their $3 billion budget? It's like, you know, why does the county have to absorb this? Or why do we have to incur taxes, another fee rather, on vehicles to do this. We have another commissioner, uh, Elba Garcia. Uh, she is basically making the motion. She is a commissioner, I believe, uh, from here in the Dallas area. She made a motion to give that or to add that tax to raise money without imposing other taxes or raising other taxes. It's It's basically, hey, her opinion is what I'm getting as far as the gist of what her opinion is. Her opinion is to let's add this $1.50 fee to the vehicles. Most people don't, won't know. This is my opinion. Most people will not notice it anyway. $1.50 is less than a bag of potato chips if you go to a convenience store. $1.50 is basically a candy bar. And so we really really have to understand that when it comes to our children and the safety of our children, we need to do everything that we can to make sure that they are safe. And adding a small amount to the vehicle fees to get your vehicle registered is really a small price to pay to continue to maintain the safety of our children. But That's one thing that's going on today that we're going to continue to report to you on. We're going to keep you updated on news.sometroradio.com. Get the SoMetro Magazine app so that you can find out exactly what's going on up to the minute accounts because we will definitely try to, not even try to, but we'll definitely make sure that we are giving you updates uh, throughout the remainder of today and in the future on that fee to make sure that everyone knows and they're informed as to what happened during the commissioner's meeting today. I appreciate again, everybody that's checking the show out today. I'm going to make sure that we get you as much information as possible with regard to Dallas Fort Worth. So get the app. They always, and if if you go out and you'll also, you'll realize that if you, there's a, we have our app and it comes in just a regular app that you can download and it'll be maintained on your phone. But our app for So Metro Magazine is also a progressive web app so that you don't have to actually have the app running on your phone to take advantage of the app and its capabilities. Uh, those of you that have Android phones especially, 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you don't want to download the complete app, you can go to m.sometroradio.com. That's m.sometromagazine.com. Excuse me, m.sometroradio.com. And when you go to that website on your phone, you'll be there at our app. And you can then go ahead and place the link to that website on your cell phone. And when you click on it, it'll open up and you'll look just like you are running our app on your cell phone, you will continue to receive messages. You'll receive all these things. It'll look just like the app that you would download, and it will take up no space on your cell phone. You'll still get all the advantages and benefits, and it won't take up any space on your phone. So check that out. If you have an Android and you want to download the app, we do encourage you to do so. Please do so. If you have an iPhone, we're there also, so Metro Magazine. Get the app so that you can continue to stay updated on the things that are going on here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and around the world. Again, you're listening to the Community Connection Radio Show featuring J.C., here on the SoMetro Midday block from 11 until 1 p.m. on the Get Global Network. We will be right back with more of the podcast of the Community Connection with J.C., Hey, it's Kay Rose, and we are back here on the CCRS featuring JC. Again, it is Tuesday, February the 6th, and uh, previously, uh, earlier today rather, not previously, we uh, talked about uh, voting. We were talking about the election of the best district attorney possible for the county of Dallas city of Dallas proper and the suburbs. We touched um, a little bit on that as we began the show. But uh, what I'd like to do now, in keeping with the thought of making sure everyone is informed and ready to vote, the first opportunity that we will have to get out to the polls and show our disdain for 45 in a lot of instances to get out to 
show support for the many, many women that are running for office across the country and here in Dallas proper. First opportunity to do that is going to be in the primary elections, March 6th, which is one month from today, March 6th, 2018. So one month from today, we can get out there in great numbers. Get out and vote outside of presidential election years, people. It's so disturbing to think that we, as citizens of this country, many of us whose ancestors weren't allowed to vote, we as citizens of this country don't take the opportunity to make sure that our vote is counted. It, it's sad at a minimum. It is a really ridiculous thing to me that people do not go and vote. You go to movies. There are people that are planning to go see the Black Panther movie that's coming out next week. There are some of you have already bought your tickets for the Black Panther movie that's coming out next week. You have already put money on the line out of your pocket to make sure that you see this movie next week. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm a firm believer in supporting movies on their first weekend at the box office. I want them to bust the clock, as we used to say when we were young. I want there to be numbers for that movie that go beyond any numbers for any movie. I don't just want it to be numbers of a movie that is based on African Americans. I want the people, I want you, to get out there and support the movie during the first weekend. Because it makes a difference to those movie theaters. But if you can plan, those of you who have already bought your tickets, if you can plan to go to see this movie, you can plan to go eat dinner, you can plan your um, Valentine's Day next week, you can plan to eat lunch today, you can plan to go out, you can plan to have a vacation all those things are important. They're all things that, um, well, all really everything I mentioned is, is part of your well-being. It's part of, of keeping yourself moving in the right direction emotionally, physically at, on some instances. But if you can plan to do all those things, why can't you plan to do something that is free? It's free to vote. You have to have in the state of Texas – they have uh, laws, voter laws, where they have made sure that they worked as hard as they could to disenfranchise people. They have said you have to have a driver's license or some form of, inf- in, you know, form of um, some from that form or some form of identification. So, yes, I do have to pay to have a license, but I have to have a license to drive a car. So, it you know, it has different purposes. It's better to have a license to travel. You need a license to go to the bank and open a bank account or to cash a check. So 
but they said the state of Texas is did everything possible a few years ago to disenfranchise people, to stop people from being able to vote. And so as I say that to you, when it's something that is free, take advantage of it, plan to do it. Many people can't take off work on the day the election is happening. The primary election, as I mentioned, is March 6th. Many people can't take off work or work won't allow them to, although they should. I think that should be a law. I think that all businesses should pay or give their employees the opportunity to vote. They should give them comp time, vacation time to go to vote. Just give it to them. It's it's something we should do as a country. But if you can't vote on March 6th, at a bare minimum, at a bare minimum, plan to vote early. Let me say that again. If you cannot vote on March 6th here in Dallas, plan to vote early. Okay? Early voting starts on Tuesday, March 20th. Again, early voting starts on Tuesday, excuse me, Tuesday, February 20th. I've got March on the brain. Tuesday, February 20th is the first day that you can vote early in the Dallas County area. Early voting runs from Tuesday, February 20th through Friday, February 23rd. You can vote on February 24th. You can vote on Sunday, February 25th. You can also vote on Monday, February 26th through Friday, March 2nd. Now, let me lay that out for you again. Early voting begins on Tuesday, February 20th. It runs that entire week through Friday, February 23rd, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturday, February 24th. You can vote from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. in Dallas County, Saturday, February 24th. Sunday, February 25th. Many churches do Souls to the Polls events on Sundays. You can vote on Sunday. February 25th from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Starting again on Monday, February 26th through Friday, March 2nd. You can vote again from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. that entire week. Early voting ends. The last day for early voting is Friday, March 2nd for the primaries. Do not try and vote on Saturday, March 3rd or Sunday, March 4th. Be prepared. Plan. Early voting run from Monday, excuse me, Tuesday, February 20th through Friday, March 2nd. Every single day during that period, make plans to get out and vote. I don't want to hear excuses. You can take your children with you on a Saturday or a Sunday and get out and vote. You can tell your employer, I am going to vote early, and you can go during the week through Feb- from February 20th through February 23rd or during the week from February 26th through March 2nd. 
I know I sound like I'm really being pushy. I know I sound like I'm really making a big deal out of this. And that is because I am. There is no reason that you cannot get to the polls, whether it is early voting or on the day of the primaries, which is March 6th. I'm not just encouraging you. I am imploring you. Get out and make sure you are registered. Check your registration. You can go online and check your registration. Get on Google and find out what that is, how to do that. If you don't know, we'll get that information to you because I believe we're at the point to where we're past where you can actually register to vote. But I'll confirm that you know, you know while we're um, during a break, during this last break. But get out and vote. Plan to vote. Go out there, check out that great movie. I know some of you are are planning to to see the Black Panther movie. Well, add this to your plans. Add the primary elections in the city of Dallas to your plan for those who are listening to the Community Connection featuring JC here on the Get Global Network. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with our interview with the principal of Advanced Preparatory International, Dr. Letitia Shake. You are listening to a podcast of the Community Connection with JC. Hey, it's K Rose, program director for So Metro Radio, general manager of the Get Global Network. And you are listening to the CCRS, the Community Connection Radio Show featuring JC here on the Get Global Network station, So Metro Radio, So Metro Talk, and live on the Spring. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast Network. Uh, today is Tuesday, February the 6th. And as I mentioned to you before, uh, we have our Entrepreneur in the Neighborhood interview coming up next. This interview is with the CEO and principal of Advanced Preparatory International, Dr. Letitia Shaver. And it was an interview that I enjoyed uh, quite a bit because when I first met Dr. Shaver, I talked to her. We ended up having a discussion when I was preparing another entrepreneur in the neighborhood, or excuse me, even before that, when I was uh, connected with her through LaPaca Jefferson, one of the owners of the Next Level Radio 
station, a person who has been there really getting me connected with people, you know, since I first met him back in 2013 and 2014, when my station was housed at his nonprofit organization storefront uh, for the, his nonprofit, uh, who, and, or excuse me, why I'm saying who, man, sorry, sorry about that, sir. Uh, <laughs> I've, as I mentioned earlier in the show, long days, long nights, a lot of work, but no problem. We're going to weather on, we're going to continue. But, uh, I did meet, uh, Dr. Shaver at the advanced preparatory international school, talked to her for a bit. As we were talking, she mentioned that she started her career in education in my hometown, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the conversation just blossomed from there. Uh, I believe she is a a person that has really been good for all of the the students and parents and other people that she's come in contact with over the years. She is a person that I feel is one of the good pieces or one of the good things about education. People like Dr. Shaver are providing a service to our youth. They are providing a service to parents and they're just really people who are genuinely honest about wanting to, to provide the best education possible for any child or any student that they come in contact with. And so I know that you're going to get a lot out of this interview. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the feedback that I get from everyone. So um, just without further ado, here coming up is the interview with Dr. Leticia Shaver, CEO and Principal of Advanced Preparatory International here in Dallas, Texas. All right. Hey, it's K. Rose, Program Director for So Metro Radio, and you are now listening to another segment of, of what has fast become one of my favorite segments for the Community Connection Radio Show featuring JC. Uh, we're back with another entrepreneur in the neighborhood, and today we have a, uh, a doctor in the house, and, and one interesting thing about her as a doctor. I know her as doctor because of LaPaca Jefferson because he refers to her as doc all the time. And so when I met her, you know I'm bad with names anyway, everyone. Y'all y'all know how I am. I have to make sure I'm writing names down, etc. But I remembered her name. I, I didn't pronounce it the best way, but I remembered her name because we had a good discussion the first day that I met her. And uh, when I met Dr. Letitia Shaver, she told me she began her career in education in one of the greatest cities on earth, the city I was born in, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that's my opinion, and it's a shared by many people, I'm sure. And, and I'm really happy to be here talking to you today because you are the principal, but you are also probably chief cook and bottle washer of a experience in education is, is how I look at it. Uh, you are, as I mentioned, the principal of Advanced Preparatory International here in Dallas. And tell everyone, just kind of give us a, a beginning and tell us what API is and, and tell us about the students and just give us a, a little synopsis about API. 
Well, first greetings. I'm excited about having an opportunity to actually interview on your show. Advanced Preparatory International is a small private Christian high school. Uh, it opened in March of 2015, and I'm really excited about some of the things that we've been able to do. And uh, we'll be talking about lots of the uh, opportunities that students have in attending Advanced Preparatory International, and maybe some of the places that they've already uh, been able to move on to since they've graduated. Because I have kids everywhere, all over the United States. And you've got also students that have attended the school, and they've attended colleges all over the United States. Yes, sir. And so that's one of the things that I think, and maybe I'm wrong, and you can give me more information on that, I guess, later, but I think that's something that it's not something that a lot of the um, private schools in this sector of the city may share. And I'm not trying to get say something about any other private schools. I'm just speaking in general. I have seen in the past that a lot of the private schools are set up to for athletics in some cases. A lot of people know, you know, what happened um, with the uh, Deion Sanders School, something you're a little bit familiar with. Yes. And what I really think this school is providing is when you say advanced preparatory, that means you are a school that's doing some different things with education. And one of the things that I'm loving about your school is I'm sitting here interviewing you on a Friday and nobody's in class. Exactly. So there are some uh, flexibilities that I get a chance to take advantage of. And the school hours are one of those uh, opportunities that as a staff, when we sit down and begin to think about ways that we can really make a difference with students, we uh, looked at the time. And so our students actually go to school Monday through Thursday. Fridays become an opportunity for students if they need to use the school's computers, if they're working on projects, if they're working on resumes, if they're working on their ACTs prep. These are opportunities that students actually, um, or day, this is a day dedicated for students and or staff to do whatever they need to do. Um, for many of our students, they get the opportunity to participate in the dual credit program, and so that was the other consideration in actually forming the school. We wanted a schedule that would mirror that of college, because that is our goal. Oftentimes, we consider schools at the elementary level, we're preparing them for middle school. At the middle school level, we're preparing them for high school. Well, at the high school level, my job is to prepare them for life, and that's college, that's career, that's a next step. And that looks different for different students. And so being able to customize our learning, the learning experiences, uh, the enrichment that we provide for students, and also uh, employ some of the flexibilities that are needed for this generation of students uh, is really awesome. And we're seeing that that makes a difference. The number of students that finish and go on to the next level for them, uh, college, for others, a couple of them, it has been careers. The overwhelming majority, however, has been college. And that's really exciting because we've had students to come in that had no desire for college. But after working in this environment, uh, it's, it's close-knit, it's, it's family-oriented, it's uh, out of the box, it's unconventional. Uh, but that works for uh, a majority of students now. And I'm, I'm glad to say that this uh, that Advanced Preparatory International provides what some students really need um, in order to move forward. And when you say this generation of students, you have been in education for 
several years. Yes, sir. More than 20 years. Yes, sir. And again, a lot of people, as you look at this, you're saying, I'm sure, the same thing that I say. Okay, she okay. She doesn't look like she's been in education for 20 years, which is a compliment to us as a people. I'll just put it out there for what it is. Uh, but you started this career back in Oklahoma, am I correct? That's correct. And so let's take it back even a little further than that. You know, I'm not sure about your family side, but was th were there other educators in your family that were examples that encouraged you to where you thought you may grow up to want to be in education, or was this something that you you stumbled into, or how did you start out as an educator? Or what made you thought think about being an educator when you were young? I, I, I believe, and I, I give um, so much credit to um, the experiences that I had growing up in school, uh, my family. I'm actually uh, from Gary, Indiana. I grew up there. And in schools there, I would start out in a parochial school and then go on to public schools. But everywhere, um, each school I attended, it was, for me, an awesome experience. And it was actually in the fourth grade. My teacher was uh, Miss Durant. Uh, she was one of my favorite teachers. And I actually declared then that I would become a teacher, not knowing that my teaching career would actually be short and the administrative career would be long. I only taught for three years. I taught at the elementary level in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, in my um, preparation for teaching, I would go on. I started at Purdue, which is in Indiana, but I would go on to uh, Oklahoma, where I attended Northwestern Oklahoma State University, which is a great teaching college. I finished up at Ostatus, which is where I got my doctorate. But all of the experiences that prepared me well, uh, in my opinion, I uh, taught three years in Tulsa, Oklahoma, after which I actually had an opportunity to teach at uh, a college, Northwestern, and also Old State for a year before going on to be an administrator, uh, which was uh, my first assignment was Hawthorne Elementary School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Had a chance to learn so much there. It was just uh, a phenomenal opportunity for me. I was there nine years and watched the school transform, watched the community transform. And so that was just really awesome for me and to be recruited to Dallas, to be, and then to be able to come here in Dallas, Texas, the big city, and to be able to do similar works has been such a tremendous blessing to me. Just, it's, it's, I feel blessed. Um, I come from a family of educators. My mother, the teacher. I have a sister who teaches uh, in Dallas. I have a brother who teaches in Dallas. And then I have an older brother who's been in education in um, different capacities uh, as a purchaser, a buyer, and also uh, acting assistant principal as well. I have a husband who actually is a principal, uh, and lots of colleagues who are um, supportive and just have served as uh, uh, inspiration to me, the work that I'm doing now. Um, just education, I guess you might say, is in the blood. And this something, you thought about it when you were in the fourth grade. Yes, sir. You know, shout out to your teacher again. You basically attended school, prepared yourself for it, so you had this goal that you were going to be a teacher. So after three years in Tulsa, now were you teaching at Hawthorne at that time or were you teaching at another school? I taught at another school. I taught at Lanier Elementary School and met a dear friend who is still my friend to this day, Lanier Elementary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so, I, and I'm familiar with all those schools. I actually went to Hawthorne many years ago. Wow. 
and I'll say add another many to that, many, many years ago. And so when we had talked earlier, and you mentioned that you taught at Hawthorne, I was like, what? Because that was one of the places that I had one of my most vivid memories of my childhood and one of the, my favorite teachers and that type thing. Okay. And so when you, you have taught at Lanier for three years, yes, how did they pluck you out? How did they choose you to basically go into leadership of a elementary school? Well, it was... Uh Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My desire in entering school as a teacher that I would go on into administration. And so even after I was hired... One of the first questions that I asked was uh, about administrative uh, opportunities. I finished college with my master's in administration, and so it was already, the seed had already been planted uh, before I even started to teach. Uh, My principal was aware of it, and so through conversations with uh, Debbie Howard, and also some of the opportunities that she allowed me to uh, experience while um, there, just really we worked together two years, because it would be a, a third principal uh, a second principal, I'm sorry, that would come along, and she was really instrumental as well. But um, it just was something that I knew I wanted to do equally, and I believe that was just a part of the process in terms of, I guess, the evolution of me. So while I started wanting to be a teacher, more opportunities presented themselves at the administrative level. So that's part of teaching and leading. They're kind of combined together. And so I think that's what I get to do. So that's the life work that continues and we'll talk more about with Advanced Preparatory International. And if you go into Hawthorne that first year, did you go in with the, the, I know you went in with passion, but did you go in with the confidence that I feel from you today or did you go in just like, okay, what did I get myself into? What am I doing? But you know, a lot of people just, they just have that natural thought process that this is what they feel they were meant to do, so they go in and they're at ease from the beginning. How did how did you enter into those first few days, months, years at, at Hawthorne? I was very excited uh, when I entered Hawthorne, and I thought that I could do anything, and so I probably had the same excitement and enthusiasm. I didn't really understand the uh, daunting task that was ahead of me. It was a school that had struggled. They uh, had a administrators that had been there for lots of years. When she retired, they loved her, Wanda Reed, and when she retired, they would then get uh, some principals that didn't follow uh, in the same footsteps, so they thought. It was just different leadership styles, and so they were perhaps spoiled by the previous administrator, and so they struggled just a little bit, and so it was a community and a, um, a school that needed, that need, that was in need. They were in need, because they weren't happy with what they had, and they were in need. 
However, they didn't really understand what they were going to get with me. Uh, for them, the complaints were originally, she's too young. I wasn't 30. Um, she has no experience as a principal, and I did not, and uh, didn't really understand about everything involved in leading, because it would be learning for me as well. But those became the ingredients that were necessary for the changes that occurred in the school. Uh, because I didn't know, I had to rely on veteran teachers and those that knew what they were doing to really help me. And so we formed a really close um, family or, or, or friendship and, and family. That was that really became, for me, part of how I'm able to move campuses, is that we work together. I don't go in knowing everything, or in some cases, I don't know anything. Uh, of course, that was my first year as a principal, and so while I knew what I was taught in the classrooms, I didn't know what would become necessary for actually walking it through and making sure that this campus moved. And so as a, a group, we figured out how to do things like that. And we, we did a lot of work together. We were a um, school that was uh, in a main area in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that benefited me when it was bond time. Uh, they actually had not had uh, a bond approved in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It had been maybe, I think, about 20 years. And so whenever they did, they needed campuses that would be uh, front and center so that taxpayers could see that this money is being put to uh, good use. And uh, the location of Hawthorne made us an excellent candidate. Uh, that began to transform our campuses in so many different ways. And uh, it was a school where, when I first started, uh, there was no waiting list of people that wanted to come in. It was a neighborhood school. We had a special program for students who did not reside in the area. Um, there was a magnet feature that um, Hawthorne had. And so I used that magnet feature really to begin to pull in kids from everywhere. And that began to change the dynamics a little bit because the demographics of our student population was very diverse, very diverse. And with that diversity, we began to do some different things, the exposure and experiences that different people bring to uh, a campus is awesome. Well, we used all of that. We used the fact that uh, we had a group of people that came in with parents willing to roll their sleeves up and get to work. And before you knew it, we had uh, actually began to identify our own magnet features, so to speak, things that would attract other parents. And uh, it was just awesome. Our students were able to travel. The teachers were able to do some incredible things. We partnered with Holland Hall. There were just lots of opportunities that our kids would be able to participate in. Um, our class, we went up to the fifth grade. So our fifth grade class one year, the parents organized and took a field trip to Atlanta, Georgia, spent their entire vacation there, uh, visited uh, uh, colleges, uh, churches, uh, big companies. Uh, and it was really awesome for them to have these experiences. And a large number of my students left Hawthorne Magnet School Elementary and moved on to in Tulsa uh, to be able to go to Carver and or Booker T are huge uh, opportunities for students. And so many of our students uh, were given that, that chance and they were prepared for it. And so that was tremendous for Tulsa and for me. And you mentioned some things. I'm from Tulsa. And so I'm just listening to you talk about that and talking about the fact that they wanted to have a, a place that, uh, because I was probably, man, I probably was in Tulsa the last time they had a bond for schools before your bond. Okay. And so, and I also went to Hawthorne, so I know it's on a major thoroughfare. It's on, on Peoria. Yes, sir. You know, it's North Peoria for everybody that's listening and, and checking us out from Tulsa that, you know, that 
check me out to tell me how I make mistakes. Uh, and and those people that also know me, they know I graduated uh, from uh, Booker T. Washington. And, and as well as my own children. And again, these are things that we share, and it's you know other things that we may talk about in other interviews because I'm I'm one of those Booker T. Washington people, not Tulsa Washington okay. people. And so, but I also had. Um, people that I went to school with that went to Carver. I've had some of my nieces and nephews went to Carver. Some of them also, a couple of my nieces and nephews went to Booker T. Washington. Yes. And so all those things that you're talking about are things that I was part of in my younger years, in my high school years. And to know that you were part of uh, basically putting Hawthorne and those parents and those children in position to be at some of those other schools. It's just great to know that. It, it had to be something that was a great education for you as you move forward to get you ready for this school and, and the things that happened after that. So you go through and they, they give you the parade for Hawthorne and you know they take you down the street and you decide to, what moved you from Hawthorne on to some other things. What, where did you go after you left Hawthorne? Um, leaving Hawthorne was really difficult. I had been there nine years and we were just still planning and had other things to do. There were a number of teachers that were requesting to be transferred to my school. They thought that it was like a lot of excitement and just, I mean, incredible things going on. And so it was really difficult. Um, I was recruited from a former assistant superintendent in Dallas uh, who had gone on, Dr. Jimmy Scales. He left Dallas, I mean, I'm sorry, he left Tulsa, Oklahoma to become superintendent in College Station in Texas. And from College Station, I believe he was recruited to Dallas as an assistant or associate superintendent in Dallas, Texas. And he uh, actually uh, reached out and, and recruited me to come to Dallas. Uh, and leaving Hawthorne, which was just bittersweet, um, it was sad to leave such wonderful friends that I'm still acquainted with today. Uh, met friends that are friends for a lifetime. Uh, but the leadership that really developed while there has been one of the, the most precious memories um, that I have uh, in terms of the staff. And uh, it would be uh, one visit back in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that I talked to Miller Powell, who was an example of someone that came in. He came in as a um, physical education teacher while I was at Hawthorne. Actually, uh, I brought him in. And from there, just the leadership, he had leadership in him already. But to give him some opportunities, he did some things uh, working right alongside with me. Went on to his first assignment uh, as principal, I believe, after working at Hawthorne maybe three or four years. He was principal of Anderson Elementary School. He went on to do some other things in the district. He served in an administrative position centrally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He would leave there to go to Mecklenburg, North Carolina, South Carolina, I believe. And now he himself is superintendent in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So that's incredible. But so many other individuals that were teachers went on to actually be principals or in other lots of leadership capacities within uh, Tulsa Public Schools. And so that was incredible, uh, I believe, uh, in part because of our work together. I don't know if uh, my presence and my work ethics or uh, style just led them to believe that it was maybe easy. But uh, it was because we worked together as an excellent team, and it was a lot of coherency within the team. Um, it was it was just incredible. It was uh, 
exciting, fun, and I believe that that's part of what's needed uh, in order to transform campuses, especially those that have been struggling for a while, and also just in working with people. Uh, the element of fun and just uh, the laughter the, uh, helps as we push the work because the work itself, it, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot in terms of what we have to do in education. Sometimes we're oftentimes going back, filling in gaps uh, in order to sure up uh, foundations so that students can thrive and be successful. And so there's some heavy lifting in education. But I believe part of what's necessary and that helps us with this heavy lifting are the relationships that uh, we build and the, our interactions and serving really as a, um, a role model, an example to students so that they can see what it looks like as people work together to accomplish goals. Uh, so leaving Dallas uh, opened up the doors for many other people on the campus that uh, had planned to stay longer and work together with me uh, to be able to leave and move on to the, the their actually their uh, perspective, uh, respective positions because they had leadership in them, uh, they had been trained, and uh, many of them have stepped out, many of them. And so that's quite a compliment, actually. Before we go on, I have a small correction. Millet House is actually the director of Clarksville Montgomery County Schools, which is in Tennessee. And kudos to you, Mr. House. And you have met and continue to um, have great relationships with so many people. And I think that's a credit to just your upbringing and to you as a person. And so when you get plucked out of Tulsa and you're brought to Dallas, how did that begin? Did it begin as smoothly as Hawthorne was for you, or was it a little bit different because the, the cities are different? The cities are definitely different, definitely. But the transition here was really nice. Um, my first assignment would be elementary, so I'm familiar with elementary. I'd actually served at Hawthorne for nine years. So coming to Carpenter Elementary was a really uh, great transition uh, to Dallas, Texas. It would uh, allow me a chance to become familiar with the school system, uh, to get to know people here in the, in the town, in the huge city, and um, get to know some great people at an elementary school who are also in need. They had some transitions recently with the administration, and so we're in need of change, and for them, they felt like I was the answer to that. So I had a couple years at Carpenter Elementary before I would go on to high school. And where is, uh, in with respect to the city, where is Carpenter Elementary School? It actually is located right across. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the street from Bishop Dunn. So it's in the Oak Cliff area. Uh, near uh, Hampton and Letbetter, not very far, but right across the street from Bishop Dunn. And I'm familiar with that area. It's amazing how our life paths have crossed so much. I've lived in an area very close to that for the last 10 years. Uh, well, actually, not 10, almost 10, I guess eight years now. Okay. And and so you're, you're in that area of the city. You're at Carpenter. You're continuing to, you know, bring a lot of good things to every school that you touch. 
Tell us more as, about that time frame between being there at Carpenter, getting to the Dallas area, and just tell us kind of a, a, a time frame from going there to the time you decided that you wanted to start the Advanced Preparatory International. Uh, it would be in Tulsa that it, uh, something began to um, speak to me about high school. High school was uh, something that was beginning to burn in me. And so even in coming to Dallas, Texas, it was one of the things that I mentioned coming in is that I really desired to move to the uh, secondary level. Uh, high, uh, uh, element, um, I'm sorry, Carpenter Elementary would give me an opportunity to get to become familiar with Dallas and uh, had great people there that took really good care of me again, making sure that I understood um, maybe the, the protocols and what was appropriate for Dallas, Texas, because there were some differences uh, for sure. But uh, also it would be the, the segue for me to the next assignment, which was middle college, uh, a high school located in Dallas, Texas. It was uh, located on uh, a um, college campus, El Central Community College. And so that's like really a different kind of a concept for high school. In my mind, of course, I had envisioned a uh, traditional brick and mortar that was dedicated for high school only. And instead, I am located in downtown Dallas on a campus being the principal of a high school. A very different concept, but one that would go on to change the way I look at so many other things. Can I interrupt you just for one second? Was middle college... Did you start that school, or were you one of the first principals there? No, I didn't get a chance to start the school. It had already been in existence. It was the collaboration of a previous superintendent. Uh, it served as the flagship, however. It was the first. Uh, now, uh, Middle College has gone on to, uh, had a, they had a name changed in, in honor of uh, Lassiter Wright, Dr. Lassiter Wright, who was the chancellor. Uh, of the school and it was part of his vision to bring in a program like this. It was his collaboration with a superintendent in Dallas, Texas that were, uh, the two of them were responsible for bringing this program to Dallas. This program now is all over the United States and they are known as dual credit programs or uh, more recently they call them collegiate academies and those are opportunities for students to attend high school and take college classes earning both their associate degree while completing a high school diploma leaving high school at 18 with an associate degree as they enter into high school. And these programs are everywhere and they are incredible opportunities. And so I would learn so much about this program uh, in my opportunity or my tenure at Middle College, um, which was located on uh, El Central's campus downtown in Dallas. Um, I'm familiar with that because I, my youngest son, that was one of the possibilities that he had uh, when he was putting in his applications to go to high school. Okay. And strange as it may be, Dr. Lassiter, my oldest son, went to school with um, his granddaughter. Wow. And so it's like all these things we keep crossing, and you, you taught in a school at Oak Cliff, you taught at a school that one of my sons was going to that was named after someone that I'm familiar with, all these wow. things keep going on. So we had to do this interview, first yes. of all. Yes. So we definitely had to do that. So when you go through and you worked and were principal at one of the first collegiate, yes. well now it's called a collegiate academy, yes. but one of the first schools that was giving credit to high school students while they were yes. in high school, you'd leave that school and then where do you go from there? 
Well, one of the things that I was asked to do, uh, Mike Moses was the superintendent. Dr. Mike Moses was the superintendent in Dallas. Uh, he and Dr. Scales, uh, it was the two of them that actually uh, asked me to consider going to Middle College. And so one of the things that was made really clear, we want you to come here and not use this as a stepping stone for maybe another opportunity, but we want someone to come to this program and do what it was originally designed to do. The students were taking some college classes, but no one was really pursuing the associate degree. And so they made it really clear that's what we really want this program to do. And so that was the goal. And so I began to work really close with the staff, some of one of the skill sets that I had developed at Hawthorne Elementary, working with the people that are there, understanding that it wasn't anything that I would be able to do by myself. Bear in mind, I'm now at the high school level. And so again, my learning begins because I'm learning high school, the protocols, transcripts, credits, college and so all of these are new learnings for me and so the very people that were there became my teachers again the teachers and so we had an incredible journey our goal was to actually have kids to graduate and initially they were skeptical here she comes with this lofty idea we hadn't been accomplishing this goal and now we are going to accomplish this goal in fact we did and we did it in a big way and we were very excited about it we had two kids within my four years there Two students, the first two in Dallas ISD graduated with their associate degree. One young man went on to uh, SMU, uh, which he's uh, gained his uh, degree. He also uh, appeared on Shark Tank, and so that was really exciting. Wow. Another young man had a chance to travel. He was a recipient of the Millennium Scholarship, and that allows a student to go to school and complete even up to a doctorate degree and travel. And so that young man got a chance to take uh, advantage of many, many, many things. Um, in, in, in actually accomplishing that goal, it would then position me for what was a new conversation that I would have with my boss, um, which was Dr. Ryan Robin, Robin Ryan, I'm sorry, who's a superintendent in, in Texas. He then decided, he and Leslie William, who works for Dallas ISD as an executive of um, secondary schools, I believe, and um, other schools that may have some some different issues with students. The two of them decided, well, now we need you and your skills at Roosevelt High School. So Roosevelt is also located in uh, Dallas, in South Oak Cliff. And so I was appointed principal there in 2008. And going in at that time, I actually was the fifth principal in five years. And so they'd undergone quite a few changes as well and needed, um, I guess they were in need of something a little different. And the district thought I could provide that. Roosevelt would become maybe a tough assignment, but one that by far was one of the greatest challenges and exciting uh, times of my life. Um, we uh, did some incredible things at Roosevelt. The leadership that was actually developed during uh, the tenure there was huge. Uh, some people have gone on to do some really, really phenomenal things. The students. Uh, are incredible. We've had a chance there with, with the same dual credit program. Uh, we graduated students there with their associate degree at, from Roosevelt High School and that we believe was just uh, life-changing for those families, for our, our campus, uh, how people began to see some of the things that were going on at Roosevelt. It was uh, absolutely incredible. And, and so you're at Roosevelt. You basically restarted your engine several times at this point in your life. Yes, sir. And that takes a lot of passion. That takes a lot of support, I'm sure, from family and yes, and, and friends yes, and energies. But throughout that period, are you still 
contemplating possibly one day helming a school that was a your complete vision or when did you start to think about that? No, actually that was not. Um, now when I finished college with my doctorate, I also uh, had superintendent certification. Um, when you move to different states, sometimes the requirement is that you go back and take that state certification. And so uh, I'm serving on a committee with Dr. Hinojosa on his leadership uh, team um, one year. And I just remember thinking uh, I had postponed taking my um, superintendent's exam for the state of Texas for a couple years. But when I served on a committee with Dr. Hinojosa, it would, um, something was just kind of ignited in me a little bit. Go ahead and take your exam for Texas. And so I did. It just really kind of got me excited. It stirred me up again. But not to the point where I thought I wanted to have my own school, but to the point where I felt like uh, the superintendent level was something that uh, I could do. I really was excited about that. Um, he uh, provided, Dr. Hinojosa at that time, provided this unique opportunity to his executive directors and a principal. So one of each were allowed to serve on his committee for about six months. It was uh, executive leadership, it was the ELT. And so we're sitting in meetings, so we get to see the thinkings of the superintendent, how he makes decisions. We do a retreat with the entire staff. And so that uh, experience was really, uh, I think may, what may have started my engines just to thinking about the superintendency. Not my own school, but at least at that level. And so you go through that process, and evidently you passed. Yes. <laughs> okay, so are you still at Roosevelt at that time, or have you moved to another school? I was still at Roosevelt because actually um, Dr. Hinojosa and Dr. Donna Michelle, they were uh, working together at that time. Uh, she in a leadership capacity with the superintendent, and there were other people centrally in the office who uh, had different designs for me to do something else. Um, a couple years passed, some changes occur, as is the life of uh, the superintendents and schools. And so I now am with different people who have different goals. And so I'm no longer with Dallas. I actually am find myself at Prime Prep of all places. And we go to a screeching halt right here and say, Prime Prep, they evidently, or someone within their organization, they saw what you had been doing. They looked had they basically saw your career evidently, and they said, Hey, this person we need her in here. We need to get her in there, in here, so we can get this school on the right track. So, if those two individuals would be Ron Price, who was a former board member for some years in Dallas ISD, as well as, as Dr. Uh, Lou Blackburn, who had uh, was a former pre uh, president of the uh, Dallas Independent School Board, as well as an alumni of Roosevelt High School, which is where I served as a principal. Uh, so I, they both knew me, they knew my work, and um, we worked together in the capacity of them both serving as my um, board representative. Uh, Ron Price, when I was at Middle College downtown, and then Dr. Blackburn at Roosevelt, uh, and possibly at Middle College as well. Uh, so the two of them called me up together on the phone, they were both on the two-way, they called me up, and they talked to me about going to Prime Prep, where uh, Mr. Ron Price served as superintendent. So it was my honor to go there uh, at their request. Uh, that was an incredible year. There were some things already in place uh, that did not allow us to continue. As everybody knows, the state closed the school down. But that was incredible, too. Incredible. It would be there where I learned uh, some other things. I learned about um, athletics a little bit because I didn't know um, athletics the same way with uh, elite players. 
Uh, I was principal of now individuals that have gone on to the uh, NBA. And so that was uh, some uh, different kinds of learning for me. Uh, it would be at Prime Prep where I'm working with students that are from um, different places, different states, uh, different countries. And so uh, having an opportunity to work in that capacity was uh, some additional learnings that would help me really serve as part of my foundation for what I do now, the work that I'm doing at Advanced Preparatory International. And so you're there with all the um, things that really, you know, a lot of distractions happen at Prime Prep, a lot of... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Publicity, a lot of, as you mentioned, athletics was a big piece of the puzzle, and so you got to see just a lot of that world. Yes. And so, basically, prime prep, basically is closed. You're there at home drinking your tea, your coffee, whatever it might be. Where did you start the development of where we see you today? Uh, perhaps a little bit of it occurred at um, Prime Prep. Um, there were students that um, really, um, we, we did a, a number of things there. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned to you that it was also uh, an opportunity for our students at Prime Prep to take advantage of dual credit. They brought me in for the academics. I had experience at the high school level, knew some different things, and they looked at my record from both uh, Middle College and Roosevelt and felt like she knows something, a thing or two about the academic component. And so that was my um, role, to make sure we were able to strengthen that and that our kids were successful with state assessments. And they allowed me to uh, pull this, recruit a couple people that really are masters in what they do. And so in bringing them to the campus, uh, Marcus Scott, Dr. Marcus Scott, and Suzanne Nicholson, uh, also uh, Miss Peggy Coleman, those three individuals came over with me as well as some others, but they really were instrumental in beginning to make changes academically. Uh, so we had students to leave, had a student to leave prior prep, even in that short time that I was there a year with the semester of college. A young man would go on to Philander uh, University, and he's doing an incredible job. But we had students that we were responsible for, and so when the school closed, I still felt the uh, need to be responsible um, because students, the, the school closed in January of 2015. And so to close at, uh, in mid-year uh, was not uh, great for all of the students. Uh, if you were a senior that year, it depended on what your goals were beyond high school, what would be a, a good next step or a good spot. And so it was that uh, opportunity there that created, the, well, a need. It created a need, and so that need um, caused my actions to respond. And so the response was a school. And there, uh, I think, became the opportunity where Advanced Preparatory International was born. Now, you've left the prep school, primetime prep, you've gained some more knowledge. What made you say, okay, it's time. I'm, I'm, let me do this on my own. Did somebody come to you with the idea, or did you have the idea yourself? Uh, no, I guess a group actually came to me and um, asked to consider uh, opening up a school. We were thinking of some different things to do. Again, some of the students 
because it was their senior year, they didn't have all of the options uh, depending on maybe where they lived or what they were doing or their program. And so it would be um, a team of people that came and we began to talk about what a next step could be. And so in that next step, because I'm familiar with different programs, I'm familiar with a private school at this time, um, that uh, really became an opportunity for some of my students when I was at Roosevelt and also for some of the students at Prime Prep that were wanting to uh, complete high school who may have had struggles with the state assessment. Um, for me, um, that has always been a real challenge uh, in the area where I was located, maybe um, students who had tried and tried and tried and were not able to, they were successful with all of the other uh, parts of the academics that were required for graduation, but they were missing something. And, and sometimes it was, uh, back in the day, it was that tax test. Uh, so we still had to find ways, and, and that is really important to me, that uh, we are, when they talk about no child left behind, that's real. We can't afford to leave any behind. And so if that means finding other avenues for students uh, to be successful, uh, these are uh, opportunity doors that are, uh, or programs that are in place that people are aware of and that they use daily, uh, oftentimes kids in need in certain areas may not know what programs exist. They may not understand fully the benefits of some private schools uh, and uh, just different options that are available. And so part of uh, my goal has been to make sure that parents know, students know, uh, research places, make sure that uh, they are legit. And, beyond, and then uh, after that, uh, encourage students if it's an option for them. And so uh, understanding a little bit more about private schools as a result of being at Roosevelt and then again at Prime Prep, uh, we begin to talk about what a private school may look like for the students who were uh, graduating uh, in 2015 because of prime prep closing down. And so we begin to talk to people. We uh, One of the first steps was accreditation. We knew, uh, we were very much aware from having been in public school for years what the process looks like through accreditation, through uh, the, the college parts of it. Um, uh, students being able to take ACT, SAT, uh, the college board, just all of the, uh, the various protocols that are in place or all of the requirements, uh, transcripts, uh, everything that's needed for that next step became, was a part of our plan. So we began to develop a plan based on that. And in executing that plan, uh, we found out the time frame, what we needed to do, and just got busy uh, putting things together so that we would be ready for a graduation class in June of 2015. And so you started in 2015. Yes, sir. March of 2015. And we are coming up on your third year anniversary. Yes, sir. And so tell us about just some of the, the well, first of all, before I ask that, how do you decide who is able to attend the school? Um, as students uh, hear about the school or refer to the school, we just sit down and have conversations. I begin to review their transcripts. Uh, I have a team of people that I work with. They uh, actually look at transcripts, too. We talk to the students. We hear what their, their um, situations are, what their um, desires are beyond high school is just the main goal. What is it that you want to do when you leave Advanced Preparatory International? And that becomes my goal to ensure that that happens. And so. For many students, it's college where we make sure that happens. For other students, they may need um, uh, an opportunity to go into a career that may not take four years. And so we talk about programs that uh, we can prepare students for. 
but the next step is always uh, our conversation in the first step. And so is it basically anyone that applies as long as they can provide the funds to do it, they can attend? Is that how it works, or do you are you selective with those people, those students that are, are that attend? Most, um, for the most part, if students apply and they can um, meet the requirements for um, the tuition and attendance, um, and attendance in that they uh, they need to be able to come to the campus. We don't do completely uh, online, and so we want you know attendance. We do work around some schedules uh, depending on what is going on for individuals, but uh, we do require attendance on campus, uh, and most students. Are, that apply are accepted. Uh, it could be, uh, depends on what the next step is more than anything else. So there's not anything that would prevent or preclude us from taking a student that enrolled. Um, there, there are no conditions or circumstances that we would say no. But I want to ensure that whatever the students are desiring to do and our purpose to do beyond high school, it's more about that to me than anything else. It's, I feel a real responsibility and, and a, a real sense of responsibility for wherever the kids want to do and if it's not something I'm able to do. And we've had kids to go on to the military there in colleges all over the United States. Um, we have them in Oklahoma, Bacon, Texas A&M, uh, Kansas. Um, one young lady uh, attends uh, St. Rose, which is in Albany, upstate New York. Josh Howard from the Dallas Mavericks recruited two of my students. Uh, they graduated last school year. So actually one young man is uh, in Piedmont University which is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I uh, had a young lady to leave here and go to uh, Alcorn. Uh, really excited about that. A young man that's in New Mexico State. I mean, so students are everywhere. But we want to make sure I have a young lady who's uh, finishing up a nursing program at one of the career uh, programs. And so she's really excited, as well as I am. But I really want to know what's the next step, uh, be it military, um, career, or college two-year college, four-year college. We just want to make sure that what we do here is um, in preparation for that. And you do give the students the opportunity to um, play athletics if they want to. Yes, is that correct? Yes sir. yes, sir. And so that was a big part of even our beginning because we started the school with students who were playing. And so the coach was a part of it, the coach who was formerly at um, Prime Prep. Um, uh, Ray Forsett, he came over with a group and so in that group we had students to graduate. One young man actually is currently playing for um, the Oklahoma City Thunders and his name is Terrence Ferguson. So he was a graduate in the class of 2016 from Advanced Preparatory International. And, and again, let's, let's make sure people understand, you have a graduate of your school and your school will be three years old this year. It's not even three years old okay. and you've already prepared a young man um, from an academic standpoint, and yes, he was able to continue his athletic development, and he is now in the NBA. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. there are a lot of um, high schools, regular high schools, there are a lot of private schools, and they don't have that distinction. They don't have the, uh, the ability to say that. And, and I know of that young man. I always thought he was a, you know, he was a cool guy when I found out about him here, and because I heard he had gone to a school here in Dallas, or he was from somehow from Dallas, so that's how I knew about him. I just didn't know that that you had the the opportunity 
to to add a little bit to his life, which is really, really great. It really is. And then you know he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I know. I was trying not to, you know, put it out there like that. But again, yeah. the, the Tulsa connection, we yeah. kind of bring it back to the way that we started the interview. So um, as we get ready to close, tell everyone how they can connect to you, how they can connect to the school, how they can apply, how they can become part of what you're doing here. Well, actually, you can go online. So we are... Um, um, WWWAPI API Private School, uh, or you can call, and our number has changed, and our new number is 469. Let me make sure I get this correct. I don't want to mislead anyone. Let me um, this one in. So that's 469-458-3204. For Advanced Preparatory International. Um, you can come by and see us. We're located at 5787 Southampton. We are actually in the building next to Wells Fargo, right across from Luby's, the Executive Airport, and the Post Office. We're sandwiched in between there. We're on the first floor, Suite 115. Uh, come out for a tour. There's some incredible things that we get to do. Uh, it's a, uh, not traditional as uh, in the re regular brick-and-mortar schools that are dedicated only toward high school or middle or elementary, but we're in a place that's really rich with business opportunities. One of our pathways that we are developing in such a way that kids are just like, wow, uh, is entrepreneurship. They take part in uh, media production. Uh, there actually is a media studio in our building, the North Texas Media Group, and so our students have an opportunity to uh, take their classes there. Young, uh, the gentleman who actually is the owner is a student that attended himself uh, from Prairie View, and so uh, he comes with lots of experience, lots of uh, great experience, and the students are really uh, pleased, and also it's a, a privilege for them to go into a media studio uh, in the state of Texas, they allow um, martial arts for PE credit, and so that's one of the courses that our students get a chance to take. We are a traditional school, and so everything, most of the courses, not everything, but I'm sorry, most of the courses that are offered, we can uh, provide those here. Our students take part in dual credit. I still work with El Centro uh, Community College, and so our students use that as well, and that helps us to better prepare our kids for college. For me, um, part of the work with the uh, dual credit program has always been the students' um, the opportunity to be immersed in a college class. And we don't just put them in the college class. We provide the support and resources necessary for success. And so that has been my thinking all along, all of the experiences that I've had with this, the Collegiate Academy, which is what it's called now, but that dual credit program. Even from my opportunity at Roosevelt, the students were able to go to the campus, to El Centro, in downtown Dallas, in order to get an authentic college experience. And they would return to the campus after their college class, but that would become an opportunity for us to follow up, to make sure students were on track and on point. And that, that same opportunity was extended when we went to Prime Prep. Uh, at that time, our kids went to Mountain View as opposed to El Centro, but the same authentic college experience. And so today, we still provide that same authentic college experience for me, being immersed in that college environment and in those classes really best prepares students for college more than anything else that I can think of. But I'm happy to visit with anyone, talk to them about the school. Uh, if you get a chance, please stop by and see us at Advanced Preparatory International. Thank you so much for being this week's entrepreneur in the neighborhood. Uh, you are uh, someone that I feel has really, you've been an example for someone who has taken a passion 
and been able to work in a position uh, of, of in a place where you love it. And that's very rare when it is when you think about it. If you're able to work in a position and you love going to work every day, you are a very, very, very lucky lucky person. I feel blessed, and I work with an excellent group of people. Uh, excellent. Uh, my colleagues are, are, are the best, and so I'm blessed, and thank you. Well, thank you for being with us today on The Entrepreneur in the Neighborhood. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Rose, the program director for So Metro Radio, Soul Divas Radio, So Metro Talk, Yes Sir FM, Divas on 24, and general manager of the Get Global Network. And you have been listening to an interview for the Entrepreneurs in the Neighborhood series that we have here on the CCRS featuring JC. A, a really nice interview with Dr. Lakeisha Shaver. CEO and Principal of Advanced Preparatory International. I enjoyed doing the interview. I am going to make sure that we stay connected with Dr. Shaver, talk to her when we have issues pertaining to education. I want to make sure that we reach out to her when we need to have someone come in with her expertise to talk about news stories with regard to the educational things here in the Dallas area and around the country. So um, I want your feedback. Tell us what you think about the interview with Dr. Shaver and tell us what you think about the community connection radio show featuring JC get the so Metro magazine app and be part of the so Metro family, the get global network family Listen to the shows that we have on the network. We, As I mentioned, we have some of the greatest personalities in the world. Check us out on Tuesdays for the Community Connection radio show featuring JC, CCRS. Wednesday, we are going to kick up the midweek mashup with Mocha Soulfly. So make sure that you're around and listening <clears throat> for new and, and best of shows from midweek mashup with Mocha Soulfly. Definitely make sure on Tuesday evenings that you listen to the Community Party Radio Show with David Samuels. He is another one of the great personalities and and great um, actually activist in his area of uh, the country. He's out of Hartford, Connecticut, but he also... Uh, is a, a person who is deeply passionate about the causes pertaining to injustices uh, with police brutality, police uh, policing, period, governmental oversight, um, things that really are important to all of us. So check out his show on the 1st and 3rd Tuesday nights 
of each month for original shows. We have a original show coming out tonight, so make sure you check in with us on Tuesday nights, first and third Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on SoMetro Radio on the Get Global Network. You'll also hear replays of his show on Tuesdays, every other Tuesday when he's not doing original shows. You're going to hear replays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we've moved the time for the Community Party Radio Show Wednesday broadcast. Now the Wednesday broadcast is actually going to start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Again, the Community Party Radio Show Wednesday replay is going to be from this point forward, starting tomorrow. It will start at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, on So Metro Radio, and you can also hear the show on the Spreaker Podcast Network. On Thursdays, we continue with one of the best shows for those that, that need a little motivation or for people who um, need information about things with regard to natural health. We have the Whole Mind, Body, and Soul show hosted by Lawrence Couty, and that's on one of our sister stations on the Get Global Network. That's on Yes Sir FM. Lawrence also has podcasts that you can hear, and you can also get the Mid the So Metro magazine app and listen to his show on the go because it's also available on the app. And I skipped a show that comes on Wednesday night, and I do apologize. Wednesday nights, So Metro Radio, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. Wednesday night, we have the reboot of the Capsicum Radio Show hosted by Roger Meltzer. You're going to hear some of the uh, best mix of hand-selected songs from Rogers Library at Capsicum Records. Also, a little bit of country mixed in with that reggae because the show has a, a definite reggae bass. You're going to hear some pop music if or some R&B. Roger picks out a great selection, but the main basis for the show, again, is reggae music, and you're going to hear music that you may not have heard before. And you definitely want to check him out, especially this month. Uh, This week, he mentions that this is the International Month of Marley around the world, celebrating Bob Marley and the effect that he had on music around the world. And next week, Roger has a special show that he's going to mention to you, his um, writing partner. He's going to do a complete show with his writing partner. And... It's someone that he basically wrote songs with for several years. And I'm sitting here kind of vamping because I got to make sure that I know exact, get, make sure that I get everything correct on here. But um, his writing partner's name was Sal, someone who passed away years ago, but a great musician, a great writer. And he's someone that Roger had as part of his life and continues to have him in his life through his music and Roger will have a an entire show 
from uh, about and and with reflections on Sal Anthony Rogers writing partner for many 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 years and we round the week out on Saturdays with the show one of the shows that really brought us international attention the Ask Avani show that show airs on Saturdays original shows and best of replays at 3 p.m. GMT in London 9 a.m. Central Time 10 a.m. Eastern Time 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Saturday mornings we re-air the show throughout the week on various affiliate stations of the Get Global Network and we encourage you to check out the Ask Avani show because she is one of the best R&B singers in the UK the UK soul queen diva but she's also one of the best personalities if you ask me on earth because she basically has the humor the passion and the compassion uh, for the subject matter that she brings to the Ask Avani show so again I encourage everyone listen to our shows get the um, So Metro Magazine app check out our podcast of our shows we're available on all but one show on iHeartRadio and that's going to change here in the near future we're available on iPhone, Google Play on iTunes I mean well iTunes Google Play and man I'm I'm just drawing a blank here I tell you I'm tired (laughs) it's been a long couple of days and it's going to be even longer as far as that's concerned but Again, also on uh, TuneIn Radio, our podcasts are available there and on Stitcher and on Spreaker. So uh, uh, I tell you, I'm tired. Time to end the show, evidently. I appreciate everyone that has been listening. Thank you for those who are checking out the podcast and giving your comments. And I look forward to checking in with you this Thursday on the CCRS featuring JC. Next week on Tuesday... And then, of course, on Thursday, it's the CCRS Thursday edition, where we're going to talk more about national issues, especially 45, and a few things that just need to be said about him and his presidency, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I appreciate everyone that has been listening live, and I look forward to getting the comments from those of you who are listening to the podcast and who listen to this on replay. And we'll see you on Thursday here on the So Metro Midday Block on Get Global Network. You have been listening to the Get Global Network podcast of the Community Connection with JC. You can hear the show live Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on So Metro Radio, one of the original member stations of the Get Global Network. Listen to the show on the go and hear replays of previous shows by installing any of the Get Global Network apps like SoMetro Magazine or Grassroots Salute for your cell phone. The apps are available for download on both Google Play and iTunes stores. Take the time to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the Spreaker podcast networks.